On the Sunday nearest the 11th of November, the Sunday nearest the armistice day of the First World War, we normally pause and remember the loss of those who've gone before us in the two world wars and in the times of conflict since. And we will do that in the act of remembrance in the service from all saints. We will remember those who have died and also those who have suffered physical injury and mental scarring. In war, it is, of course, not just those who are enlisted who suffer, but civilians too. Perhaps their home is the location of the battlefield. And the news yesterday reflected on a study that those British cities bombed in the Blitz still today have the highest levels of child deprivation. But it is not only at the place of conflict where people suffer. There is also pain of loss in the bereaved families and in the towns where those service personnel left but never returned home. We hear in our reading today of the tears of a mother whose son is dead. And we can likewise imagine the torment of every family who lose a child, whatever the cause and whatever that child's age. In this passage, it was probably illness, not violent conflict that took the life of a young man. But whatever the cause, there will be great grief. Too often, this has been repeated, a parent burying their child. And in a time of warfare, it happens again and again and again. The loss is too much. No doubt, as news reached Linfield, then about 3,000 in size of each of the 64 who died in the First World War and of the 34 in the second, tears were cried and hearts were ripped wide. And the village would have felt the loss. In war, a community is devastated. And the census returns for Linfield actually show that between 1911 and 1921, rather than growing, the village lost twice the number who had died in that war. Uh, probably a generation of young lives were removed and so families never formed. And this was true in so many towns across the country. However, the scripture tells us that into the place of heartache steps the Christ. Jesus arrives in Nain as a funeral procession is heading out to the countryside in a place of entombment. This is no private ceremony limited by restrictions. It's no restriction to families only. No, there's a crowd there. All the people of that place are there. And at the heart of that crowd, it is not simply the body, but the mother. And she is already a grieving widow. Uh, 
who with the loss of her only son faces a future of no income and therefore destitution. No one there approaches Jesus and asks for help. The situation is plain for him to see and his heart goes out to the woman. It is in love that our Heavenly Father sent his son and it is in love that again and again with a heart of compassion he steps forward and speaks and acts. We too must act when we are challenged by the world around us and although we cannot open the church for worship at the moment we carry on collecting goods for the food bank and I thank you and I thank others in the village for your generosity in that way at this time for those who are in great need. Returning to the passage, one must wonder how the bereaved felt as she was told, do not cry, do not weep. Weeping is a natural part of mourning. To be told not to is perhaps perverse, but Jesus takes mourning and makes dancing. This is, as Danny said earlier in his animation, startling. The dead son is raised and he is told to get up. It's what he does. From the bear, which was probably a very simple stretcher. Uh, the son sat up and began to talk and Jesus reunites mother and son. And the news of this miracle, this sign, this wonder, this startling thing spreads and people say, God is here. Whenever we see in the Bible that Jesus raises the dead, be it on the deathbed in the, in the case of the daughter of Jairus or on the way to the grave in today's reading or, or Lazarus who had been in the tomb for days, our minds might race ahead to Jesus's own resurrection uh, and think simply that these are foretastes of his power over death after his act of sacrificial love upon the cross. But there is more. Were we to read the entire chapter of Luke 7, we would find followers of John the Baptist be told by Jesus, report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. These are signs of the coming kingdom. These are signs of God's presence in the world. These are the signs of what the Lord offers all. There is hope for the believer in Christ's resurrection, but it is a hope for life in this world as well as after the grave. The words 
do not cry are spoke not only to that mother who is grieving, but are spoken to us. We can have hope. We can trust in Jesus because even in the worst of times, in sickness or conflict, redundancy or relationship issues, whatever our brokenness, whatever we might face, his love reaches out, it touches and offers new life. Amen.